Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for for more details. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and we are going to cover what is going on in women's sports today. I know we've been talking about this, but it is so critical that we continue to cover this story, especially with our guest today. I'm joined by former NCAA and University of Kentucky star swimmer and now vocal advocate to protect women's sports, Riley Gaines. You've had uh, a really crazy few weeks here, Riley, haven't you? I sure have. It's um, it's amazing. If you would have told me even last year at this time, this is what I would be doing. I would have laughed because I was supposed to be in dental school this year. And so my life, clearly I'm not working on teeth. My life has just changed drastically over this past year. But it's so important what you're doing because I... <laughs> I was so drawn to your story when it first came out. Obviously, I'm also a University of Kentucky grad, so that's part of it. But I'm also a woman, so that's a bigger part of it. Because we watched this, and it was funny because we're watching from afar as Leah Thomas is taking all of these awards and being all and getting all these accolades and covers of magazines, and we're saying, "How is this possible?" Because first of all. Honestly, we don't hear that much about star swimmers. It's not as though it becomes weeks worth of national news, but it was suddenly. And here we're hearing about a man who is swimming in the women's division, dressed in his women's swimsuit, but an intact male in the locker room. And we're not really, you know, I think from the perspective of the rest of the, the world, we're watching this and going, man, that seems awkward and, and off. But not until you actually came and spoke out did we understand the background of it. And I, I just have to say, little girls across the country are saying thank you for doing this. Well, that's exactly why I am doing it. I'm clearly done. I graduated last year, so I'm clearly done competing. So this isn't for me. I'm not fighting for me. It's so much bigger than just one person. 
um, being in that position where I did compete against a male and I shared a locker room with the male and I, I felt what it felt like to be in those spaces and to have to smile and step aside and giving up our trophies and opportunities. I see what's at stake. I know how we felt. I talked amongst my teammates and, and other girls at that meet and other girls who this continues to happen to because my story is not unique. And, and I, I, my heart breaks. Um, what do you think about these men who start off competing in male sports? They don't do very well. They switch over to women's sports, but they're, they say that they're turning into a woman. And yet my understanding is that Leah Thomas still wants to have relationships with women as well and, and not have the, that bottom surgery. It's, it feels like you're in the twilight zone, right? Yeah. If, let's say, let's just say for purposes, let's say Leah Thomas didn't transition solely to win. Let, I, I don't know Leah's true intent, but let's say that he didn't. It's still opening a door for people who would do this. They see this opportunity and that's something they would love to do, right? It sounds great for a mediocre man who, who doesn't win many accolades to now become a national champion and to get in the locker room with women. Look at what's happening in prisons. We have men who are convicted of rape and, and child pornography and kidnapping and horrible things. They realize if all you have to do is say you're a woman to be in a woman's prison, that sounds great to a rapist, right? And so can we at least acknowledge how the systems that we have in place are failing us with us as women being the collateral damage in the process? But you're not, it's not just that these men are winning awards. That's the, the really absolutely disturbing not. part about it. He's being listed as, you know, a, a woman of the year on magazine covers, getting awards and and just getting all of this massive attention. Like, look at this amazing woman. And we're all standing there saying, how can this be happening? I mean, how can honestly all of these government officials, all of these companies, how can they buy into this? I mean, it's, it reminds me of Dylan Mulvaney going out there and telling us how to use a tampon. It's like, where are you using that tampon, Dylan? <laughs> and that's, that's, that's a great question. And I would love an answer from someone about this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we want that answer, actually. It's <laughs> disturbing. I, I think it's a perfect display of what happens when you give an inch. They take a mile, clearly. I think when this all really started coming to fruition, I know it's been happening a long time, but rampantly, you know, kind of at a, at a more prominent rate the past two years, three years, maybe we all thought, I say we, I don't include myself, but there are many feminists even who thought, let's be kind, let's be inclusive. You know, we, we want to include these people, but now two years in, we see how this is harmful, but it's gotten to the point where, um, now not only are these trans rights activists, they're not fighting for equal rights. They don't want equal rights. That's not what they want. They want to take away our rights. They want to be superior and have more rights. Um, well, they also I, I, want to take away the business component of this. I think that people also forget that when you are a star athlete, things come, that's your career and you get endorsement deals, things, you become the face of brands. And so now suddenly, instead of women's brands having a women's face on it, you've got a, a man with makeup on. And really, how, do, how does a man accurately portray a woman's brand, whether it is Nike and it's a sports bra or it's Tampax. I mean, these are just outrageous, outrageous things that we, we, I think we all feel like we're being made fun of. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. It's a mockery. It's degrading. It's offensive. If you watch the video of Dylan Mulvaney in this Nike campaign doing jumping jacks and hopping around, portraying what it what it is to be a woman working out, that's not what we look like. That's not how we act. We we don't, you know, we're more than just the hair and the makeup and the high heels and the dress. We're more than a testosterone level. And I think an important point to bring up is why is it always trans women or men portraying as women getting the national spotlight? Why aren't we seeing trans men or females in men's sport excelling or trans men or females and these corporations getting these big brand deals? Why does it feel like an attack on women? Why is it women's language that's changing? Why are we changing the term mother to, to birthing person? Why are we changing breastfeeding to now it's chest feeding? This whole movement is a systemic, a systemic eradication of women. This is not something that has been seen going both ways. And I think that's something people don't realize. And, it's and, all an attack and an erasure of women. And you've really inspired a lot of women to come out. I've seen just in the last few days, I've seen women telling their stories of what it's like to be a woman and and their hard stories. You know, I think that's something that people don't necessarily consider. You know, women have all kinds of issues when you go through menstruation, when you have endometriosis, when people, when women have to have hysterectomies at young ages, they're sharing stories of hard pregnancies, of losing babies. These are things that are not funny. They're things that men can never go through. And honestly, I remember when I was pregnant and I used to think it's so shocking to think that this is something that you create this baby with another person. And I'm the only one that really gets to experience this, that really gets to know this. And I felt like it was a really special time that that was, I was sharing this incredible experience of creating life with my husband and with this baby, but this was all my body doing this. And you hear these stories of women talking about this. You hear stories of women staying up all night breastfeeding. And this this takes that away from people. And I think it really confuses young girls about what it is to have this joy, this, this incredible magic. I mean, this, this, this life, this ability to give life that you are, that God has blessed your body in a way that you can actually create another human. I, it's just so shocking, but I love the fact that women are sharing those stories. And like I said, some of them are hard stories of losing babies, of what that was like to go through that. And I think this is because you were willing to stand when so few people were. But tell me a little bit about the the other women around you who were in this swimming arena, who were also experiencing this same thing, but they were too afraid to stand up because really what can you do? They'll destroy you. They'll try to destroy you. Right. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, look what just happened to me in San Francisco. That's why girls aren't speaking up. That's why people my age are terrified. They don't want to get ambushed. They don't want to be labeled transphobic or hateful or a bigot. But guess what? It doesn't make you any of those things to acknowledge the truth. Um, I've talked at great lengths with many of Leah Thomas's teammates. And it breaks my heart. It truly, I mean, it makes me feel so emotional to hear about what they went through every single day in order to suppress their voices mm. and to scare them into submission. Um, when they were concerned about the locker room and they sent an email to their administration along with, along with their parents on this thread, their administration, and I swear I have a screenshot of their response. 
Their administration responded with, if you feel uncomfortable seeing male genitalia, here are counseling resources that you should see. That's crazy. They were forced every week to go to mandatory LGBTQ education meetings to educate themselves on how just by being cisgender, they were oppressing Leah Thomas. They were told that they cannot use their voice because their school has already taken their stance for them. They were told that they will never get a job. You will lose all your friends. You will never get into grad school. You'll lose your scholarship if you speak out. And so these girls were intimidated. And there's, there's one of Leah's teammates who I, I talk with pretty often, and she filled me in on her personal backstory. And so the other day she, she called me crying and I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You know, what's, what's going on? And she was like, I, I still have nightmares about sharing a locker room. And I said, well, is there something deeper here? Is there something else that's gone on? And she said, when I was in high school, I was raped, violently raped. And when we began to share this locker room, I immediately went to my coach and said, hey, is there an alternate arrangement that can be had? Because this is really triggering for my anxiety. This is hard for me to share this space with someone of the opposite sex. And her coach said, no, you have to be inclusive and you have to be kind. And it's something a year later she still struggles with. And it, it just, it hurts. It feels like you're being punched in the gut when you have to hear someone else live this, go through this. Every day went through this and no one was willing to stick up for her. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The other trauma that people don't consider, women are so often abused, so often used and cast aside, and you live with that the rest of your life. And then to put a young woman in this situation and to have her have explained the story, the situation, and the school to continue to say, you're the one that is not being nice. 
I mean, it is shocking now. Where are all the feminists who come out and say, you know what? We're not going to put women in this position. What do you say when people say your goal is to ban people? You want to ban actual people? Because I always say, look, this is not a matter of saying that you want to ban someone, but this is not a, a woman. And and we were talking to someone um, recently that is a detransitioner, and they said, you know, the thing is that I never thought of myself as a, you know, going from male to female, I went from male to trans. I mean, that's a reality. This is really true. And so why should that, why should that person then put women in a position where they no longer get to compete fairly, or even worse, they experience that kind of a trauma? I mean, what do you say to people who say you're just nasty and you want to ban people? This is not about banning anyone. I think everyone is entitled to play sports, regardless of your race, your sex, your gender identity, um, your age. Everyone should be able to play sports. And I don't want to take that opportunity away from anyone, nor is that ever something I would advocate for, because sports have given me so much mm. outside of athletic achievement. I'm talking lifelong skills that will translate far beyond athletics, that everyone should be entitled to that opportunity. That being said, this whole movement is about ensuring people compete where it's fair and where it's safe. Um, that's it. That's the basis of it. And what I've seen traveling to different states, testifying um, on different state bills, the left, the opposition, they always like to say this, this is an anti-trans bill that bans trans athletes. It does not ban anyone. That is a misconception. It's a lie, quite frankly. Um, there's no one I know who wants to say trans people should not be able to play a sport. This is to not... This is not to deny that trans individuals exist. It's not to deny that people do struggle with gender dysphoria, but it's still to ensure there is fairness, there is privacy, and there is safety because women should not have to give that up. Why isn't is safety no a bigger issue? Why isn't that something yeah. people talk about more? I think it's something people often forget because a lot of times when we're talking about this, we're talking about it in individual sports like track and field. I say individual, you're on a team, but you're competing individual, individually. So swimming, track and field, cycling. But what about sports where you're colliding into one another like soccer or you're striking a ball at one another like volleyball? You do have to worry about injury because we know on average men are stronger. They're, they're more powerful. They're faster. Um, of course, they have more muscle mass. So when we, we need to consider things like injury. Well, and, and we've seen injury certainly in the fighting. We've seen injury on the soccer field. Whenever there is the situation where you could be in a contact sport, it's just outrageous to think that it's the same type of competition. And and it is a safety matter, but really it's so hard to get people to to understand that because anytime you talk about this, they just immediately jump on you and say you're being bigoted. And that's really it it's really tough to take. Let's talk about what happened in San Francisco, because you went to speak for a turning point event. This was a, an event that the this campus had sanctioned. It wasn't like you were there and you weren't allowed to be there. They knew that you were there. They had protection for you. And yet still someone was able to come and assault you. Then you were escorted out of there while they were, but th they were not kept back. They were following you through the hallway. And then you were held hostage for three hours on campus. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to come out of that situation and have the campus president say, 
we're so sorry to the LGBTQ community and we've got counselors for you. It shows the state that our universities around the country are really in and what they're pushing. Um, the email, it, it basically, well, actually word for word, it said, you know, we're so proud of our students for being so brave, being put in, being put in an adverse situation. This adverse situation being listening to someone who doesn't agree with them. Were they forced um, because, to be there? No, no. It's, um, and again, I was there. Let me reiterate what I was talking about because this, these, you would think I'm a domestic terrorist by the way they, they, the emails have sounded. I was there talking about exactly what I'm talking about with you, how it is unfair for men to compete in women's sports. Simple as that, right? Common sense. Right, right. Yet, when someone doesn't agree with you, they're willing to silence you through verbal and physical assault, holding me hostage for three hours, um, trying to negotiate my safe passage home. They demanded that I pay them if I wanted to leave safely. I mean, this is extortion. And the dean of students was negotiating with them. I'm sitting there. I'm like, why are we negotiating my safety? This is not something that's up for negotiation. Why weren't they just ar arresting people or forcibly moving them out? The person who attacked you, was that man arrested? No. There has been no arrest. There has been no repercussions. There's been no accountability. There has been no one from the university who condemns violence. There is no one who has come out and said, you know, we have to honor free speech. No one. And truthfully, I think these campus police, because that's who was um, providing the protection, which I want to mention, I appreciate and respect all law enforcement, of course, but these campus police did a very poor job. I think they were scared to do their job. I think they were scared to be assertive because they didn't want to come off as anything other than an ally to this community because they know how it would look for them. If you arrest someone within this community, they're terrified, especially being in San Francisco. They know that they would be the ones who were vilified in the situation by simply doing their job. And think about this. We've got the city of San Francisco where people are giving birth in the streets. They're defecating in the streets. They're overdosing in the streets, right in the districts where People are going to work every day. Businesses are closing. You hear Whole Foods just now leaving. They cannot get police to work there because police are demonized if they do. I mean, exactly what you're saying. What police officer wants to be the next guy that's on the news and potentially going to, to prison for doing their job? And so what is the answer? I mean, at, at what point do people just say, you know what? We're done with Seattle. We're done with San Francisco. We're leaving Portland. And those cities fold. They're no longer the places that we used to think of. I can tell you, I live in Nashville and the amount of people who move from California to Tennessee. I mean, I, there was a recent uh, statistic that came out that said on average, 200 Californians a day are moving to Nashville. I don't know if it's people who are fed up with the policies and, and are um, moving over here to get away from that, or if it's people who will move here, but continue voting that same way in hopes that Nashville doesn't turn to ruins like San Francisco has done, because just like you said, I got to um, San Francisco a little early. And so I went to this mall a couple of hours before the event and I'm walking around this mall and I go to the restroom and inside the restroom, there's a homeless woman who walks in her feet. She has no shoes on. They're covered. Her feet are covered in soot and she shoots up her arm in the bathroom. And I'm sitting there watching this like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe I'm seeing this with my own eyes because you hear it. But I saw it. Hmm. People there aren't happy. There's no smiling faces. There's no holding doors open for one another. There's no looking up and, and smiling at your neighbor as you pass by. These people look miserable. It's it again. I just wanted to immediately pray for them. I just thought, man, 
I can't imagine having this much hatred and this much um, just really vengeance inside my heart. I, I, I just felt drawn to feel bad for them. It's such an upside down world when it is kind to allow people to defecate on the streets, then try to find a solution to the problem of having so many people on the streets. We've closed any type of businesses that could help with mental illness. Now we're shocked that there's a mental illness issue. We have pharmaceutical companies that are prescribing drugs to every kid they can. And we're shocked that there's a problem with kids' mental health. I mean, this is outrageous. But when you talk about the number of people that are moving to Tennessee, let me explain a little bit about why there's that many people moving to Tennessee, because a lot of Michiganders are moving to Tennessee. And so during the campaign, when I was running, we had people say, we're losing all of our business. Well, our businesses, we've historically been automotive. The automotive industry is moving to Tennessee in big ways. Many of the, I mean, Ford just invested $11 billion between Kentucky and Tennessee. And so there's a massive amount of jobs there. They're good jobs. They are jobs that can keep a, a family in a, a very healthy financial position. And there's no income tax in the state of Tennessee. There are a lot of benefits to moving to a state that is not beholden by that is not beholden to the unions that is also going to take care of you financially and where there are actual jobs in other states in these states like California in Illinois in Michigan the blue states people are leaving because there's no way to have a living there there's no way to make a living there's no you've got outrageous taxes and you have no jobs available and those governors are not coming up with any solutions to get jobs out to to our states and so of course they're going to move to states like Tennessee and you've got so many strong voices in Tennessee right now but we we have people that are still fighting back and saying that they are going to fight back against women's sports what do you think about the women like Megan Rapino who come out and say, actually, I'm going to support this now? Remember, she's retired. It blows my mind because think of someone like Megan Rapino or Billie Jean King. We have Billie Jean King to accredit Title IX to. Really, this, these were women who fought relentlessly to get equal pay, equal access, equal resources for women in sports. But now these same women who fought, again, so hard to get women's rights and, and equal opportunities for women in sports are doing, I mean, they're doing a 180 in the name of progress, yet it's not progress. They're, they're actively now working to get those, those opportunities and those dreams and those um, rights they once fought for taken away because they're fighting for male inclusion in women's spaces. And the, the word that comes to mind is of course, just irony. It's so ironic. It's so, it makes me wonder when did this, flip take place. Of course, the left was once the ones who embraced the feminist movement, the original feminist movement, who wore the pink hats and who embraced the free the nipple movement. That was the left. But now it's totally flipped. Now let's just cut the nipple right off. Now let's just get rid of nipples altogether. No one needs nipples. It's amazing to me. But truthfully, this is a winning issue, this, this whole gender ideology movement, because parents don't want their daughters to lose out on opportunities. Parents don't want their kindergartners to be taught what they're being taught now in kindergarten. And so the way it's flipped, it's beneficial, of course, to the Republicans, which I hate that this has all gotten political, especially in regards to sports. Sports should never be political, but it's something that the Republicans are seizing and they should, because what, what, 
dad wants his little daughter to lose out. What female athlete wants to lose out on opportunities? No one. Right. Um, and so even among the, the liberal, the left, this is, I think I saw a recent poll that said even 60 to 70% of Democrats agree that men shouldn't be in women's sports. So let me ask you this, even though you retire, I mean, a lot of these folks still have endorsement deals. So what's going to happen when Megan Rapino gets fired for a man? I mean, is she going to change her mind then? Because her big thing was women's pay. So when they suddenly replace her as the face of whatever she's the face of, and they say, you know what, we'd rather have somebody that has a slightly different genitalia, but is saying that they're a woman, how's she going right. to feel about that? Because essentially she's just going to be in the same situation with men taking the pay again. Well, if you've ever watched Megan Rapinoe play, or if you've ever talked to someone who knows her personally, I think that she would shiv someone who tried to take her spot. Um, I really do. She's, of course, she's a warrior in her own sense. But at the same time, I think that comes with the aggressiveness of no one's taking Megan Rapinoe's place. I think if this, if she were still playing or if she had a daughter to defend, this would be a totally different scenario, but she has nothing to personally lose now. This is all a classic case of virtue signaling. And I've I've had, I know that she would say, well, I'm part of this community. And so I am going to defend this and stand up for this. But I've had a lot of folks who are part of the LGB community that have said, this is different. You know, I, I, want to be able to have my life. I want to be able to have my family, but I still believe that women have a place. I don't want to erase women. And so I think it's disappointing to so many women because she is such a fighter. She is such a tough player. And she has been, you know, someone that little girls have looked up to because she's broken records. She's done things that that women haven't done before. She's been a first in, in her field in many ways. And we look at women like that and we go, man, you're a champion for us. And we expect you to kind of stay on our team. And so right. switching teams on us is, is somewhat shocking. And I just wonder if at some point she'll say, you know, maybe I made a mistake, but maybe it does take raising your own daughter and seeing this happen because I think she kind of got out of this. She, she was retiring when this was starting. Right. Exactly. Um, And I want to touch on your point of saying there are so many people within the LGBT community, especially the LGB community. And I've talked to many trans people who are are very offended by this whole movement because it makes them look bad. The LGB group, they fought so hard for their rights um, five, 10 years ago, even that now this whole movement, it's regressing the whole the whole embodiment of LGBTQ which is frustrating for these people who just want to live their life as themselves. Yeah, exactly. They don't, want to infringe, they don't want to infringe on others' rights. They just want to love who they love. You've heard the saying, love is love. That's what they want. Um, but this this new trans movement, they don't want, like I mentioned earlier, they don't want to fight for their rights. They don't want equal rights even. They want to take others' rights, which is where the problem lies. Yeah, I think there's so many people from different backgrounds, whether you are in the LGB community or in the straight community that want to see fairness. And I'm so glad that you're fighting. Riley Gaines, thank you so much for being on here today. Well, thank you for having me. And I look forward to following along with all of your stuff as you continue on in the future. And we the same. We will definitely be following you and we'll have you back on. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to the Tudor Dixon podcast. Make sure you check out this episode and others at the com. Again, that's com. And make sure you tune in for the next one. We want to make sure you come back. Thank you.
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.